2: The system doesn't, is down <laughs> Does music even sound like that anymore? No. I, feel like it doesn't. <laughs> well, I can't we do like pentatonic
3: a... <laughs> I can't I... <laughs> Josh, you are the newest member of the pentatonics <laughs> I want to be that guy from uh, Beverly Hills Cop Oh, the, uh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, Police yeah, Academy yeah. Police Academy, yeah, yeah, not Beverly Hills yeah. uh, <laughs> That guy was great uh, hey everyone! Welcome to another episode of the Command Zone. I'm your host Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And uh, today we have a special episode. It's not t- specifically commander related, but we have a couple of friends on that we're going to bring on soon to talk uh, some stories, some stories, have some opinions it's like about the some story things. Story
2: Power Hour.
3: Yeah, exactly. Also, um, probably a lot of
2: pon- pontificating.
3: A lot of pontificating. A lot of uh, uh sort of a. Uh, I just, I guess it's going to be us talking heartfelt about some things that we believe in and. The State of the... Uh, state we're just going to be hanging out. Yeah, we're hanging out. It's the State of the Union with EDH players. Um, but uh, <laughs> before we get into that, have a couple of announcements, of course. We're on YouTube. We've uploaded all of our podcast videos to YouTube. We uh, respond to comments there, as well as on the Rocket Jump page. If you guys want to subscribe to us, please do. Uh, our videos take a long time to make, and they are very uh, useful. They're yeah, useful. in fact, our videos have recently
2: been upgraded. Um, I did a bunch of cool animations, and then we found this guy named Jeffrey Palmer... Uh, And his Twitter handle is at LivingCardsMTG. And he has done some awesome card animations, even more intricate than what I was doing. And so we have those in our video. Uh, If you haven't gone over to YouTube to check out the videos, at least watch one one because we put a lot of work into it, but two, <laughs> it's a re- it looks really cool. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, it, it's not just like stills. We actually have like the images moving. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been animated. It's it's really cool stuff, and you get to see all the cards as we're talking about them. It
3: does make it easier today. Yes, yeah. if you stick it on a second monitor, it's almost like a uh, like a an extravagant Magic the Gathering background Screen like screensaver. Screensaver, yeah. yeah, that's going on. Um, yeah, but thanks to Jeffrey for doing some of the extra card animations. You may have seen some of his stuff on the Magic subreddit. Uh, they're really 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 cool. Yeah, the guys got skills. Yeah. Also, we're running a new contest. New contest. <laughs> we're giving away some prizes courtesy of a fan that we met in GP Vegas, uh Alex Newman at alexander newm Alexander newm. We'll put it in the uh, description below. Oh, it's below. Alexander Newm. Newm. That's right. Yeah. Um he uh, writes articles on mtgbrodeals.com and he provided us with Packs of the Dark, which is an old set and it's a very valuable one. It was like
2: the too. fourth or fifth magic set, not yeah. counting uh, Alpha, Beta. I think it went Antiquities, Legend, no, Arabian Nights. Nights, Antiquities, Legends, the Dark. That's right. Correct? The Dark, yeah. Yeah. So it's there are some cool g- stuff in there.
3: The original Blood Moon is in there, yep, Josh. The very first Blood Moon. Uh, yeah. So screw that. Maze of Ith and uh, Ball Lightning. Creature, Goblin Wizard, Tormod's Crypt. A lot of sort of the original cards. Elves that, of Deep Shadow is a good one that's yeah, in there. There's um, a lot of really cool stuff. Um, these packs are very valuable and super huge thanks to Alex for uh, giving these for us to give away. And the concept is simple. Very simple. So here's what we're going to do. We want you to enter. What you do
2: is you send in your deck list. So your EDH deck, you need to go to tappedout.net and put in the deck list there and then email it to us. And then what we want you to do... Or tweet it at us. You could tweet it at us, too. What you want you to do is... We want it to be a deck that you're having trouble with. If it's fine-tuned and it's perfect, then we can't help you much. Yeah. But we're going to review... We're going to choose decks to review on the show. So we want you to do the deck list, send it to us, and explain what problems you're having or maybe what you're not sure about. and or then, what you're
3: trying to do with it. Yeah. Maybe what you haven't been successful with. Uh, Any
2: information you think we might need, what your meta's like, maybe there's a problem deck in your meta and you're trying to combat that, anything Mm -hmm. that you think is relevant, and then we will choose, uh, over the coming weeks and months, we'll choose a few of these, and we'll do a review of your deck on the show and and try and help you uh, improve or tune it. And then those people chosen will win a pack of the Dark.
3: Along with some other... uh fun prizes we always throw in some like random foils and stuff you always just win extra stuff because jimmy's awesome (laughs) i just have some stuff to give away yeah so uh we're, we're essentially doing sort of more extravagant deck techs where we're helping you finalize your deck or find out what that missing piece is and we'll try and throw in some level up moments in there as well Uh, like, sort of like, hey, we wanted to do this because this is a political thing that we always do and we think that this card really helps, you know, contribute to that and what you're trying to do with the deck, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Well, and also the great thing is we've got a comment section on Rocket Jump on our YouTube page. It can start discussion among other people who listen to the show and that can really give you a lot of information, a lot Mm -hmm. of help too,
3: so... So super easy. Email us at commandcast at rocketjump.com or tweet at us at commandcast with the deck list that you made on tappedout.net. It's really easy to do. All you have to do is just type out the card names in no particular order and uh, send it in and tell us. give us as much information as possible. That's why we recommend you email it. And uh, we'll hopefully pick one of your decks and you will win some sweet prizes. All right, let's introduce our guests. And our very special guest today for a very fun episode. We've got Wedge from the Menosaurus and the professor from Tolerian Community College. Welcome to the show, friends. Oh, Thank hello. You. Pleasure hello. To be exciting. Here. So exciting. We've never had a double guest in different parts of the world before. This is very exciting. Oh, this exciting. is our
4: first three-way. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
3: Off to a good start, Josh.
4: <laughs> First three-way Skype Skype call. Wait, exactly. then who's at three? Then who's not participating? Who who, who no, am I, I missing out on? Oh boy, <laughs> who didn't get to sample? Yeah. If so,
1: you don't know who's being left
3: out, then then you're the one that's being. Left <laughs> left. Oh yeah, Big that's yours. probably true. Uh, Josh uh, and I are Skyping uh, from the same account, so I guess that that we count yeah, as one. I messed that up on so many levels. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, pretty much. Well, if you guys don't know, Professor Josh and I did get to go to GP Vegas last week, but Wedge, unfortunately, was at home, and it was a sad, sad time because we wanted to hang out with Wedge badly, and we would love to have been able to have you there at the event. So this episode is here to catch you up. We're going to share some of our favorite stories and just hang out and talk about what happened and also what you saw from Twitter and Twitch the entire weekend because I'd love to see what your uh, perspective was on the whole event from a different sort of place. And you also got to watch GP Chiba and uh, Utrecht at the same time, which is crazy.
1: Oh, it was it was around-the-clock coverage. There's there,
2: there's a lot to talk about, put it that way. I, well, yeah, that's interesting because, Wedge, you probably know a lot more about what's actually happened in the tournaments than we do. I don't know about you, Professor, but Jimmy and I, because like, we're busy running around meeting with people playing in it. Like, I only know a little bit about what happened like, actually with the players in the tournament.
4: I haven't yet had a chance to catch up on the other two uh, GPs. Other than the the fact that I heard that it was rather funny with the earthquake, that everybody kept a cool head. Oh, the commentaries, right. like it was on stream. I haven't. I yeah. really love to watch it, and I hear that the the commentators were really cool about it, kept everybody calm. They cracked a joke about red mana players, and uh, <laughs> that that the GP went on, you know, nice and smooth, which I'm glad to hear. But I I don't know uh, the winning decks, who won. I I literally haven't had a chance to sit down and. Catch up on all the coverage from the other GPS that isn't saying an earthquake happened, and everyone's like, Oh yep, earthquake we'll get back to
3: playing and I tap my <laughs> island and- yeah <laughs> <laughs> As, as a good magic player should yeah, be doing. Exactly. <laughs> just islands. <clears throat> uh, actually, last year when I was in Japan, we were in a building, and all the buildings that there are meant to shake, because when they shake, it actually makes it safer, because right. Right. they're not rigid, so they won't break until an earthquake hit. And we were on the top floor, and we were just like, whoa. You'll sway for a while after yeah. the earthquake. Yeah. And we went downstairs, and there was no one like screaming Bloody Mary. Everyone was just, I'm not just eating breakfast, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this must be... Enough of a common occurrence, because when it happened in New York, were you there for the uh, the earthquake of New York like two years ago, Wedge? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like people were freaking oh out, my, right?
1: Yeah, it was like end of the world Armageddon. <laughs> it, it, seriously, it and like the thing about New York is we're so used to weird weather mm-hmm. and like insanely bad. Like we get terrible nor'easters and like hurricanes that everyone freaked out for that. Nothing else but just... I mean, we're talking like hide under tables, like nuclear disaster. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious, honestly. Wow, in retrospect, insane. it was hilarious. That's
3: insane. Yeah, Yeah.
4: you do get used to it. I, I was in uh, Los Angeles during the Northridge quake, and oh, wow. there were so one. many. Well, that was when I was a kid, Uh, but it was a big one, and there were so many aftershocks. It was unreal, and it got to a point where we just... We would wait a sec before running to the doorway. Like at first, it was always run to the doorway. That's the safest part of the house. But after a while, it's just like, is this going to be a big one? If not, I'm not moving. Yeah, you know, you just get uh, used to it. So yeah. I can imagine in a place like Japan, they're just like, eh, eh, eh. Just you know, I'm just s- another day. Yeah, I'm the same way, and it's bad. Don't do this,
2: uh, people. <laughs> but yeah, if it starts shaking and I'm in bed, I'm just like,
3: eh. no, I think I'm good. I'm yeah, just staying it, in is bed. It, is it getting good. worse? I'm good. It was okay. Eh, I think all right. Yeah. Also, I like how it's like, go into a doorway. Why isn't it get the heck outside? Like, get right. out of the thing. Well, that you might want fall the in. most because sta- you
2: can't make it outside, of True. Always, true. yeah. Maybe. So maybe you want the, the most there.
3: stable area in the house. Well, fortunately, Vegas did not shake, but we did shake some dice and roll them across the table. I guess that was the closest we got to, uh, we, to a rolling Great earthquake. Segue. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 Plus, we did eat like a ton of awesome dinners is what we really that's did. That's right. And Wedge, that's, I mean, perhaps, perhaps next time we will, we owe you a steak. That's what it comes oh, to. Like a really steak. good that, steak. That, that, so that is good. most
1: of the stories that the professor told me was like,
4: I went to dinner and then I went to dinner and, <laughs> then, yeah. so, like and then I went to dinner. And then I went to bed while they went off and gambled and played magic. <laughs> yeah.
2: We had some amazing meals, though, Wedge. That was definitely a highlight. I think, Professor, we had dinner with you like every
4: night except one. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Well, it's especially good because uh, Josh, you seem to know Las Vegas very well. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I know it way too well. And uh, I could not find a good place to <laughs> eat for the life of me. I'd made all the wrong choices when I was on my own for like breakfast or whatever. But oh, those were those were great meals. Those were some really great meals. That steak. In particular, just marble veined and aged in house, and ordered a nice bottle That's of Tempranillo. <laughs> wedge is just
5: like dying. It was, right he now. got
4: we got we all got the bone in ribeye uh, oh.
2: wedge. We went to Delmonico's uh, Steakhouse in the Venetian. It's uh, one of Emeril Lagasse's uh, restaurants. Um, I didn't know the, emeralds. Yeah, and the bone in ribeye there is like what was that? Like what was that? Like sixteen ounces or so? It was a big yeah. steak. It was oh. a big steak. It was marble marbleized really well. It's. One of the best steaks in Vegas. I mean, a lot of people will say cut, um, which is about twice as expensive, and I think probably only 5% better. So to, for my money, Delmonico's, if you're ever in Vegas, that's where everybody should eat. True.
4: Well, you need th- reservations, though, right? Oh, yeah. I'd made yeah. those
3: reservations like a week out because I knew. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I mean, I think actually all three of us seem to be in the best places for food in the U.S., I would argue. San Fran, L.A., and New York are all. Right. Yeah, those are At probably the, the three oh, yeah. best. Yeah. I mean, probably. Sorry, you can we're, maybe, we're you probably can it, like Miami you know what? or something. You got to put
2: Orleans on there. New Orleans has like Orleans has like Narlands. <laughs> crazy good food. It's a different type. It, yeah, yeah. It's but Cajun. It's, it's gumbo. It's, but it's, it's so all good. Yeah. It's so I've good.
4: never been to New Orleans or Miami or Chicago, but I'd put my money on Chicago out of the three for better cuisine. Oh, I don't really? know why. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. I just feel like I don't know. Uh uh doesn't Chicago have some I know nothing about Chicago cuisine. <laughs> I know they you know? have that it's giant that
3: reflective big... egg thing and that's it. It's a huge that's <laughs> it? It's like a
4: it's a it's 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 a it's a metropolis. It's a it's yeah. it's, it's, it's got a huge some city. great it is giant, yeah. Yeah, it's gotta have some good food in it somewhere. Okay, but just prof, when you
2: go yeah. to New Orleans, don't just don't call it New Orleans I when you go there. Narlins. Narlins. I gotta call Narl- it Nawlins. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. just don't Narlins. call it New Orleans there because well,
4: that's not what they <laughs> I call watched, it. It's like people who say Oregon, whole,
2: yeah.
3: Ooh. I watched Ooh, the whole
4: first season of Treme. Does that count as a trip? That's actually pretty. <laughs> you're probably better
3: versed in that city. I mean, that's I feel true. like I know Baltimore because yeah. I watched The Wire. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, I, I, cool. right, I was right. sure the as worst. As soon as you though. said Baltimore, I was like, he's going to say The Wire. Yeah, not Oh, The Wire. Yeah, the wire's so good.
4: Excuse me, but I know something about Baltimore. I watched <laughs> The Wire. I, I practically grew up in Baltimore as okay. a Okay. Listen. <laughs>
1: Do people you
3: you just did that
1: (laughs) about about Nolans Nolans Nolans
3: I I watched The Godfather two before I went to Vegas I'm well versed (laughs) (laughs) so Um,
2: okay so what um oh I got to tell you a story wedge. This, I love stories. Yeah, this is the story of the whole trip oh, for gosh. me. Oh, gosh.
0: This isn't
4: the one with me, right? Yes, it is the one with oh, you. So, oh, my God. I'm so, so ready. Embarrassing. Yeah, I,
2: I was going to like wait till til later, but this, this is just... You'll get me back. <laughs> How do you get me back? This wasn't set up. He'll This find wasn't a way. set up. This actually happened. There's no getting back. Okay, <laughs> so we are in the convention center. It's Sunday. We're just talking. I think Jimmy had walked away to watch uh, MTGO doc. Mm-hmm. I was watching doc. To watch doc Gabe's... At... Uh, Cause I think, I think Jimmy, you were knocked out at that point. I think it was round eight or nine. Yeah. he and, had to win both of his
3: last matches to get in, I think.
2: Yeah. He was winning in. And I think that, um, you had walked away for a second. And so we were just chatting. It was me, Prof, uh, our friend, Vincent, mm-hmm. our buddy, Brian Tran, who works at Twitch and we're chatting and we're just sort of waiting for Jimmy to finish up. And this kid walks up and I say kid, he's probably like 19 or 20. Uh, he walks up and he's sort of looking at his phone, but he's also sort of keeps glancing up towards us. And he's standing just outside of our conversation area. So I've been around Jimmy a lot. Uh, Jimmy's fairly well known. You'll be in places with Jimmy and this will happen. And and it's a little bit like, usually I just end up going, come on over here, just meet him. And then, you know, we can get on with our lives here. And so I go, I, I motion to the kid and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Hey man, what, what, what's going on? Come on over here. And he, he sort of comes over and I'm like, "Hey, how are you doing? What are you what are you doing?" And he, and he says, "Oh, I'm just I'm just looking for some people to sign some stuff." And I'm like, "Oh, well, here he is right here." And I push the professor <laughs> towards him because he was sort of eyeing the professor and nobody knows who I am and Jimmy's not there, so it's got to be it's got to be Brian. <laughs> so I push him and, and and the professor steps towards him and goes, "Hey, how you doing? What's your name?" I'm I'm Brian and he reaches out his hand and the kid sh- sh- like tentatively grabs his hand and starts to to shake it and he goes, I don't know who you are. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He gave you all the signs, too. He did. I was totally fooled. And I'm like, oh, I thought you said you wanted people to sign stuff. And he goes, yeah, like
3: pros. He is a pro. He's a professor. Clearly, well, oh my
2: gosh You should have seen. So I would have
5: paid to see those. Oh
2: I would. We're literally. I'm literally like crying, laughing at this point. Like I would have been
4: on the floor. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty insane. Like, keep in mind that that he was just like when you're like, Hey, what's going on? Oh nothing. You know, that there was no indication. It was on his perspective yeah. just a friendly stranger saying, Hey man, how you doing? Yeah. Oh, exactly. fine. yeah, yeah Come yeah. over here, shake this guy's hand. <laughs> right.
3: It must have been like, This is weird. What whoa, okay. What is yep. happening? Uh-huh. All <laughs> phenomenal. It's <right.
2: laughs> total misinterpretation phenomenal. from both sides. Yeah. It was yeah. But you know, I will say that. In the professor's defense, like, if you go anywhere with him around there, like, he's the guy everybody knows who he is Like, at our party gathering, everybody wanted to meet the professor. Like, we met a couple of kids, uh, a couple of guys at the uh, event, and we told them we were going to dinner with the professor, and... They didn't want to come until they heard the professor was going to dinner. And they were like, <laughs> "Oh please!" <laughs> and then they were like, "Can we go to dinner? We really don't mean him." And we we're like, "Sure." There was those two guys, Alex and Kyle, that we yeah. brought to
3: Fogo de Chao that first night. And uh I can so, only imagine what would happen if both you guys were walking around because you guys are essentially the YouTubers of. I mean, of I magic. Would, I oh, think no one mo-
1: knows me. That that story you just said would be the exact same all day. A lot of
3: that's, that's, that's not possible. That. That. You are the come face of the man Just manasaurus. knock it off.
4: Like, <laughs> you know all day. any number. Any idea how many people asked me, is Wedge here? Where's Wedge? Like, I would uh, say the over-under is like two. <laughs> <laughs> About. 2,000. 2,000, yeah. You know, the, it, it, you would have gotten quite a lot of attention.
2: I had people ask me that, and I have no real tie Wait, to you, Wedge. <laughs> yeah, but they saw, I'd be like, oh, the you know, they knew we knew the professor, so they'd be like, is, is Wedge here? Is the manosaurus here? And I'd be like, no, right. sorry, unfortunately,
3: you know, and they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, we told all of them that... that the man source of thought he was too cool for GP Vegas. <laughs> right. Whoa, right. whoa. Okay, well, I gotta go. I gotta make like a campaign now. Yeah. For, like, like hashtag
2: wedge is not too cool. I actually yeah. told. Yeah, I told them that we that you were there and that you were just wait by that wall. He'll be coming by any minute. That's what I told every single person. <laughs> right.
3: It was a busy well, wall, though. By
2: the, the end, could be
4: actual worst. <laughs> unless, unless he stands you up, you know. Unless he stands you up. But we're gonna tell oh, him you're man. waiting on him. <laughs> yeah, but we did He'll miss give you. Him a picture of you frowning and everything. Right.
3: <laughs> but what you did do something very significant while GP Vegas unfolded. Uh, we talked about it the last uh, couple episodes, and your fundraising with St. Jude's charity, and you you blew it away. Holy moly! Yeah, unbelievable. What was the final number of uh, the amount that you raised?
1: Thanks. Yeah, uh, we raised.
2: Oh my gosh, fourteen thousand four hundred
1: seventy-eight dollars and I Holy think eighteen crap. cents. Wow! In that's,
3: two weeks. That two weeks. That's about as how many people went to the GP Vegas. Like, yeah, it's more. 15, it's 000.
2: unbelievable. Here we are. We're eating steaks and laughing about that, but you were actually like saving the lives yeah. of children. Like literally. <laughs> so. If we talk about this too much, I'm gonna like cry. <laughs> but, oh, let's keep talking. Let's definitely keep talking then. Yeah, we we'll just keep great.
1: Going. Uh, no, it was. It was amazing. Uh we we did we did the fundraiser because it's a Twitch, like it, it's a live stream fundraiser that St. two partners with them. And last summer's fundraiser was two and a half months long, right? All summer. And we raised eleven thousand nine hundred dollars over two and a half months. Mm-hmm. This time around, two weeks. Wow. Whoop, went over that by twenty five hundred. Wow. I mean, Unbelievable. my like, crap. Community nailed it. I mean, absolutely yeah. went crazy. Uh it was it was definitely, and we were talking like before, you know, we started recording, but it was, it was the one thing that made it okay that I wasn't at GP Vegas. And like, I can't, I definitely can't stress that enough that it was honestly the only other thing that I was happy doing,
2: you know, if I wasn't
1: in Vegas was that.
2: Oh yeah, totally. Um, well, it, I mean, congr- was, congratulations, first of all, that, that number is astounding uh, yeah. in that amount of time. And you know, yeah, we joke, we joke, but I mean, there's a whole bunch of kids that are really happy you didn't go to Vegas. I mean, like yeah. honestly, that's that's incredible.
3: So yeah,
1: Saint Jude's a wonderful. If you wonderful if you put
3: that money in someone else's hands in Vegas, it you may never see it again. Oh God! If it's in, <laughs> don't put it in my hands. Yeah,
2: I might
4: double it. I might double. He it. He might double it. Probably not, <laughs> so. Probably not. If you if you put that money into most magic players' hands, they just buy into vintage. Oh yeah, they would buy
3: like half into True. vintage. They'd be like, I have two thirds of a deck. <laughs> Ready to go. Speaking of which, did tenders, you tell? Here I come.
4: Yeah. <laughs> did you tell them what uh, Open Boosters donated for the uh, charity oh my stream? Gosh. That was so amazing. That's uh, right.
3: You were. Yeah. You guys were uh, raffling off some of those cards. Uh, not raffling off. You were sort of doing a bid for some. It of was. Uh, stuff, right? Yeah. It,
1: it was the pseudo charity auction, uh, and there there were a lot of YouTubers that got behind it. Uh, but that's amazing. Uh, Open Boosters, who like he's you know he went viral opening the
2: the Black Lotus, you know, right? beta, the, Lotus the Black yeah. Lotus yeah.
1: and. Island uh he sent a graded nine beta time twister wow
2: holy crap oh. wow which
1: was yeah uh it, it ended up it ended up going for fourteen hundred that's great uh, but the way the auctions work is like you donate and that's your bid so you don't get it back so it was like it, it's like a risky kind of thing but it ended up raising over three thousand total like just G- that auction. oh because
3: of everyone's bids that were going in yep wow yep that's
1: it un- was phenomenal that's unbelievable he he! You know what the worst part is? He trolled me so hard. When, when he was he he released a video packaging it. And he's like, yeah, I'm sending you something between like forty and sixty dollars because that's what you asked for. Because it is. I'm like, you know, if you're gonna send something, right? You know, make it you know kind of nice, but you know, don't go crazy. And he's like, yeah, forty to sixty dollars. So I open it and before I see the card, there's this note, and he's like. The box was 40 to $60 when I bought it back in 1993. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So I looked at it, and it's the beta. I thought it was going to be like a beta lightning bolt or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sent it, and it's there it is, the time twister. And I've just jaw wow. dropped. I've never been trolled that hard in my whole life.
3: That's a pretty good uh, troll. I'd love to get trolled like that all the yeah, time. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll get yeah. trolled like that every yeah. day. When um, I get trolled, it's usually
2: people telling me they have no idea who I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're the,
1: you're the Scott Pilgrim guy, right? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was, it was definitely one of those times when uh, the magic community comes together and did something amazing. It definitely helps remind me that, you know, uh, among all the, among all the negativity, you know, you can come together and do something that's, on, like, objectively good. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like no who's on say the say side rooting
3: against St. Jude, right? So, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. There are no pros no, was, criticizing you thing. for your choice to not go to Vegas oh, and here we like, go. raise money. We'll talk about that. Actually, maybe we'll just talk about it now. Tarmagoyf, Tarmagate. Boila Goif? Goit- Goif Gate.
4: I believe the technical term is Goif Gate. I is... saw
3: a lot of people arguing for Tarmo Gate, which I thought was pretty good, too, because, you know. Tarmo Tarmo Gate. Why do
4: we have to attach gate to every scandal? <laughs> because Reddit because Reddit attaches gate to every scandal. Uh,
3: yeah, so you that's have true. To. And if, I heard if you have 10 or more gates, you win the game as well. Right. <laughs> We're almost there, then. We have to That is universally we well true. past that. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Of, uh, let me just explain,
2: if people don't know. Uh, in the top eight of GP Vegas uh, player magic side i believe. Yeah, one of the cuz GP Vegas was split into two, but anyway, in one of the top 8s, uh Pascal Maynard uh was in pack 2, pick 1. He was not in green. He was playing a red, white, playing a red uh, white equip
3: double strike deck.
2: Yep, and he had a choice between a uh, burst lightning and a foil tarmogoyf, and he took the foil tarmogoyf. And then what ensued was a great deal of ah uh, Betrayal. vitriol hate hate, <clears throat> hate hate toxicity toxicity yeah negativity from the professional magic playing community uh guys like Huey Jensen, Owen Turnwall, Red Duke. Duke, a lot of people were really all over Pascal and his Someone
4: uh, tweeted one of those guys tweeted at him like you sicken me yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like no, that was the uh, tweet. You, you sick disgust me. me. Oh. I think
3: it was Owen who was like, You
1: disgust me. Or you're yeah. a disgrace. You know what's yeah, funny? You're a
3: disgrace. It's like things wow. that my dad said to me when growing up. and You, know, I just, you, know, you never oh, want God. to hear that. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> just, kidding. Uh, just really hurt in the real. mood today. Yeah. First the butterflies
1: <laughs> and then those.
2: <laughs> so, but well, you know what's funny is Jimmy and I were on the plane home when this sort of went down. We got back in the airport and we, of course, turned on our phone and get on Twitter first thing because we're degenerates. And <laughs> we see these comments, and we're chuckling because I thought they
3: were joking. Yeah, I, I showed Josh something. thing. I was like, "Wow, yep. look at this!" And Josh is like, "Wow, man, that's like that's some pretty deep humor, you know, to say it that that way without any like a slash s for sarcasm or that."
2: Yeah, exactly. And then a little bit later, Jimmy's like, "I don't think they're being sarcastic." Yeah, and it turns out like they were pre- being pretty dead serious, and and yeah. I so mean, anyway, then what happened
3: is the counter backlash of everyone. Almost everyone, including the pros that didn't say anything, we had like Cedric Phillips from SCG and stuff just contributing to the conversation, being like, you guys need to chill
2: out. Saying it to Huey and redo. Oh, yeah. It, guys. Was,
1: yeah. yeah. it was one of the most universal siding of of a group I've seen in a yeah. long time, and so fast.
3: Yeah, and then like a couple of days later, um, most of those guys sent out a tweet, and they're all retweeted by Channel Fireball, so I believe it was a uh, by-committee decision uh, apologizing for their
2: actions. Oh, the timing of very, it
3: felt like they got together and were like, we need to apologize.
2: Oh, yeah, they yeah. totally did. So, yeah. the so basically, like LSV was
4: like, like dad pushing two kids forward and being like, like, tell yeah, my your boys story. have something to say, and then <laughs> smacking them on the shoulder again. It's just like, sorry I threw the pennies on the roof of your house, Mrs. Wilkerson. Sorry there's I something... smashed the gnome statue. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Is there something you want to tell us about your childhood?
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. We're here. Specific. It's
4: a safe place. <laughs> it's a very
3: safe place. Those gnome statues, though, someone's going to come looking for them. Okay, uh, so, so
2: let me just ask you guys each um, – you take the Foil Goif or you take the Burst Lightning?
3: I take the Foil Goif.
2: Uh, foil
1: Goif because money foil is, goif. Is, is, is money.
3: Yeah, it's true. I mean, for, for one, it's... Worth more, th-
4: more than first prize at this it's point. It's like
3: the 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 two words Foil Goif were probably the most said throughout the entire weekend yes. at the GP. Yeah. Not even in regards to the incident, just because people were like, oh, yeah, I heard someone open the Foil Goif. We're like, man, where's my Foil Goif? Like, jokingly, like, I said on a Reddit post that it may as well be an Urban Dictionary entry. Boyle Goif. Like, this is that's this fair. term that we all use when we're playing Magic. And so when I saw him take it, I was, like, fist-pumping in the air. I was like, that's awesome. That's so cool. Like, I totally would have done the same thing. It's a piece of Magic history. The whole hashtag from the weekend was make Magic history. And Pascal Maynard definitely did one way or the other if he took it or just passed it.
2: Well, and yep. and, I mean of the capper to the whole story is that he decides to eBay the thing. Yeah, with and, the And uh, giving half of the proceeds to charity.
3: And what was the final tally on what it... Uh, right now, I think we're up around 16000 I don't think it's ended yet. 16000 wow. And uh, so uh, even if some of those... In bids your face, are, Huey Jensen yeah. <laughs> and the rest of those guys. Like, yeah, holy crap. that the, yeah. What he's going to get is more than the entire prize payout of the
2: top eight, which is insane. Well, and here's I a mean, guy. Also, I think this wasn't talked about enough, but Craig Wesco came out and said that he had talked to Pascal... Uh, either earlier that weekend or, or maybe before. And here's a guy who's close to uh, making platinum. He's close to getting enough points to go to worlds. Mm-hmm. And he was going to have to skip some GPs coming up because he just didn't have the money to travel to these GPs and things. And so he, here's a guy who financially, I mean, skill wise and magic, he, he he has it, but financially it's just hard for him to get to the places he needs to get to, to play in the tournaments to to get to that level and so in that case taking the foil
3: goyf totally makes sense because it's guaranteed money over possible money mm-hmm. right <clears throat> and like the the percentage increase of how much more he may have won with that burst lightning was uh, to him negligible I guess, at, at what that do you think point, that's an interesting question
2: i was having this conversation with bdm on twitter what do you guys think that the if he takes the burst lightning instead of the foil Goyf, how like how much better is his deck how much better chances he have to win the whole thing one hundred percent. Yeah, from yeah, from what I saw on Twitter, everyone doing the math about it. There were a few. There were a
1: few pros doing the math, mm-hmm. and the word "negligible" just kept coming up. Yeah. over <laughs> and over again. Like even if he took
2: the burst lightning, it would have changed virtually nothing in the long run. Yeah, yeah I, the conversation uh, I was having with BDM. BDM yeah. was saying he thought that the burst lightning was probably worth a full win over the course of an entire draft. John Finkel said he thought it was worth virtually.
4: It, it was negligible. It probably didn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so and now, now I'm not. People who know me know I am not Mr. Limited, Mr. Draft. And there's going to be a video proving this, where I make the worst pick as my first pick uh, <laughs> on an upcoming video. So that can be verified. So let me ask you, th- those of you more wiser than I, uh, isn't picking the Tarmogoyf? A, a valid move in the sense of preventing another from getting that card. I understand that obviously Goyf in limited is nowhere near what it is in, you know, modern, etc., but surely it's a pretty good two drop in limited. It's, yes. I mean, is it yeah. preventing uh, if the burst not- lightning is negligible, isn't preventing a possible opponent from receiving a Goyf? at least negligible, if not negligible times two. It's it puts, funny that that's mm. such, It's is it considered that much trash yeah. in limited? It it's kind of, really trash. It's kind of is. It's it's, yeah, not, it's not very
2: good. good. It's, really? It's, yeah. wow. It'd be one thing if it was like, say, Comet Storm power level wise, mm-hmm. uh, which is just unbelievably the, powerful. The best card in the format. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and well, let's say that Tarmogoyf was that power level, right? Okay. Then you could make the argument maybe that its value plus hate drafting is worth something, but Tarmogoyf is really it doesn't it wouldn't even make a lot of decks, honestly.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. and the thing is, like at that point, it's you're in the second pack; it's the first pick out of the pack. Um, if you didn't have any other viable options for your colors or what you're playing, then sure, taking that could be a viable thing. Just be like, this is a relatively powerful card that I want someone else to have it. But in this case, he did have another option which would fit into what he was making so much more of that. Most people that play limited would say that it's always, almost always better to take the card that's better for your deck because the chance of you even seeing that card across the table from you is even more negligible than that card that you drafted being in your deck popping into your hand. Okay, okay. Yeah, hey, I hey.
1: think the only situation uh, like for for that would be either... I mean, Common Storm was in his color, so I guess it would be something like a Profane Command. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like if that was the card, that is probably one of the... Because there are a few cards at the very top that you always hate there are just some of those cards, right, in every format that you always hate. I, I, think, um, I
2: think even then, though, you know, there's – I wouldn't even – not in pack one, pick one because – Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, because the chance that you play the person that has that card is very slim. And then even if you do, the chance that they draw it against you is not super high. So those combined don't make hate, hate drafting really mm-hmm. worth it early on in a pack generally.
4: So is there an irony here that the most powerful card in modern what many people have especially since this weekend referred to as the black lotus of modern tarmogoyf that this card is virtually worthless at the modern masters gp that <laughs> that things have been so skewed in terms of what the gp and the set are about that the that the most powerful card in modern is not a pick by any stretch of the imagination for most players in a pack isn't that a little strange it is There's a something strange. weird about that right it's i mean because it's a reprint set people will pick
3: it just because it pays for their trip it pays for their entry you know like
4: but that's but, the whole issue is everyone says he shouldn't have picked it
3: right right because he was playing for you know for the gp top a for pro points for all these other things that as a pro that's what they felt that he should not have been prioritizing a what I guess they must have saw as a filthy casual pick
4: of something just for money. Ooh, that's such a hateful sentiment. Filthy casual. I mean, isn't the beautiful thing about the magic pro circuit that we're all on equal footing, that everyone there is is beginning and ending with the same potential? Yeah, uh, he much. asks he wow. asks with a leading question <laughs> yeah wow that sounds <laughs> ex- the misconception no but I mean that's what I mean the idea yeah, yeah. that it's like oh yeah you kids can show up and draft and pick your foil tarmoglyphs but it's really this little crowd of people that are the real players here I find to be that's, quite a a, a a a poor sportsmanship if nothing else spirit. That's
3: that's why those tweets were so bad it's just because yeah. it really showed that like it's like how out of touch can you be you were, you were that player at one point I mean we all were that player at one point we all can yeah. be and we all still might be that player at one point. The one that was like, oh my gosh, this card is worth money. Or oh my gosh, this card is so like epic to me that I want to pick it because the kid in me, the one that loves magic <laughs> from, from an innocent standpoint that's not all about winning and pro points and stuff, just wants to take it. You know, it's it felt like felt like someone that was like so scarred by their childhood that they like wag their finger at anyone that, you know, may find joy in the game anymore
4: i fear like. i fear i fear the problem is not that they are scarred by their childhood but by they've been scarred by the pro experience that the way in which this is set up and the the way in which they have to interact with magic the gathering as pros is what is actually the damaging factor here and when you hear about things like you know especially the financial burden should a pro magic player be having financial burden to attend GPs. Maybe they just need to pay these guys more. Should a foil Tarmogoyf be something that is an overwhelming temptation? Should it be worth more than first prize? If I'm a kid who Mm. shows up, to just have fun and I play a side event and I crack a foil Tarmogoyf, should that be worth more than first prize at the GP? I mean, I guess the reason this one is worth so much is it's inflated, but you get my drift, which yeah. is that maybe they need to pay these pros more. It sounds like they work pretty darn hard and they 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 they, they you know, like like are sleep deprived and stressed and my God, give them some money. Yeah, that's definitely a whole like, other
1: issue that wasn't. I de- I definitely remember when the conversation got going for a few days. That started coming up, and it's almost like a lot of pros were getting upset, talking about how like this is the elephant in the room.
4: Right, this is what we right. need to talk
1: about. Wizards make, isn't paying us.
4: I make more as an adjunct professor, and that's nothing, man. Because Taco Bell makes more than me. And when I hear about <laughs> these prizes, wait, it's all like... of Taco Bell makes more than you. That's in that's <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not hard. <laughs> <laughs>
3: was great.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously, like like that was when I returned to Magic and heard about the big pro scene. I was like, wow, cool. What's, you know, like the first prize that these events win? Yeah. And it's like, that's not that much when you compare it to everything else. Yeah, it's you certainly. Know? I mean, pay these pros more. They work for it. A no lot one's
3: of... denying that. I'd say the majority of pros still have second jobs. Listen, none of them are pros. Yeah, no, by the actual not definition a, of the word. There's probably
2: not a single one that's a professional Magic player. It's it's cute to call them that, but right. I, I don't know that there's one that makes the b- bulk of their living from... Look at the lifetime earnings of the biggest guys, which is like Kai Buda and John Finkel. LSV is probably up there. It's around 350000 oh, for yeah. the top Oh, yeah, it's still two. like low six figures. They've been playing for 15 years. Yeah. It's $20,000 average per year, maybe.
4: That's for the best, four guys. That's 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 not just sad. That's insulting. Well, it's that's 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 <clears throat> rotten. Like people should be more. I, I mean, like, and I'm not a pro guy. You know, I don't follow it that closely and everything. But I, 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 that that isn't right because there's so much money being made by everyone else involved, the vendors and the company itself. This is very lucrative. Like, like, and if the pro tour is so integral as recent. Articles on Magic indicate that that's a big part of Magic's success. Mm-hmm. Then you need to pay these people a little bit more. Yeah. Uh,
3: that's definitely the sentiment that got sort of just clear, like pointed at directly from this whole event. It's interesting how many things this event has just brought up. Just one single Tarmogoyf, because that is the card that defines Modern Masters 1 and 2. Yep. It's the reason that this The whole exists. format of Modern. Yeah. Because that card was so prohibitively, prohibitively hard to get. And now it's like it's come mm-hmm. full circle. It's really interesting. Um, and I think as Magic grows, this issue will be one of the first that it has to be on top high on the the list of things that they should be looking at. I mean, I, at least I hope so. Yeah, I will just say that if the pros
2: are asking for more money to be thrown in, be careful what you ask for. Because right now, and I'm not I'm trying to insult them, but as soon as you put more money in, you're going to bring a lot more people in chasing that money. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, when the talent pool is shallow because the prizes are not there, the prize structure's not there, and we see this, we've seen this in other games for sure where, you know, be careful, Huey Jensen, John Finkel, all those guys, you ask for a lot more money to be put in, all of a sudden, people who wouldn't have been playing Magic cuz it's not worth their time are going to be coming into that coming in and fighting for that cash and and, and I don't know, the true we'll, spikes will emerge? Well, we'll see. Like it's like we say in the United States like if soccer was the biggest sport here, then LeBron James would probably be the best you know goalkeeper in the history of soccer because <laughs> he would have played that since he was a kid, not basketball. Right, right. You know, so yeah, there's this... I mean, I think Wizards should definitely subsidize it. I mean, Riot does it for League of Legends. You know, Blizzard does it for Hearthstone. If Magic wants to keep up, they need to do that. Uh, they need to subsidize the prize structure because $4,000 for the winner of the biggest uh, Magic tournament in the history of the planet... Is it's it's insubstantial? It's nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. It's a joke. We talked to our friends at Riot, and they were just laughing. They're like, "What?" Yeah, they were like, "That's the prize." (laughs) Like, it's insane. They give away a million dollars. Yeah, right. It's not even. It's. It makes it like it's. Makes it like it's. Uh, I don't know. It's not even in the same league. Not even three leagues down from the big stuff. You know. Well,
1: I I think that definitely brings up uh, another point, which man, I've been yelling about forever and that the way Me- like Wizards does business, especially with their tournament scene is archaic almost like extremely old school. They're not keeping up with other, even just card games in general, let alone, you know, eSports or anything like that. They're just so far behind. And what what, what I'm afraid of, I, I I love the idea of, you know, uh, increasing tournament, res- like increasing tournament prizes. But I, f- I feel like if the second they do that, they're just going to inflate the price of entry
3: again. Oh, that's the first a, thing I expect. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the 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 positive thing to find out through all of this is that Wizards has proven themselves to be a company that sees what's wrong and at least actively knows that they need to address certain areas and, you know, like make the right play is the motto of playing, you know, this game well and competitively and I I, I hope that the company that i grew up with now owned by a bigger company is able to find that light and at least keep it up because it's true i mean the competition around them with all the other competitive games in esports rising up is only a good thing because it just forces them to do better that makes sense so Hopefully. i think i think we're on the edge of that tarmogate may maybe the beginning it could be our, uh, our our Egyptian spring for Magic the Gathering who knows <laughs> now now let
4: me ask you folks a question because here's another thing've I've been thinking a lot about since this Goif Gate is perhaps if things like having a higher pay for pros is is not, Going to be implemented. What about changing the way in which this circuit is run? I mean, the idea of going to a different state, a different part of the state, a different, you know, traveling all over, playing, you know, from morning until night for three days in a row, sort of thing, scr- you know, scurrying to earn these buys, it's intensely stressful. A lot of times when there are play mistakes that on Reddit, people erupt into this pro player was cheating. There's lots of comments of saying, "No, she was exhausted. He was exhausted. Mm-hmm. It, it was day, you know, whatever." And and they've been up without sleep. And I'm thinking, like, geez, take a break, take a day off, let these people sleep. You know, that that's not. I don't think that I want to see my pros sleep deprived. I don't think I want to see my pros starving to death on the like. Imagine if let's see a basketball game where they have only had three hours sleep and have eaten ramen noodles you know in the last 24 hours but that's a lot of these pro players and and I think that sounds horrible for these poor folks you know like like give them some rest and feed them some raw fish and, and brain food and 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 let them you know come in and do a good game maybe not make so many rounds like figure out a way I know there's a lot of people involved but surely this can be restructured in a way where it's a much more relaxed, sort of system where maybe it's regionals and states and you only travel within your own state. And once you get past that point, the select best then might be flown by wizards to a comfortable location, you know, to play in in their region and then for the nation. I don't know. I'm not a sports guy. I, I don't even follow the pro stuff that much. But when I do hear about what these people go through, it just sounds like such such intense, stressful conditions that Why don't they just revise that? Because if he's saying, I couldn't afford – I almost had platinum, but I couldn't afford to go to other GPs, well, maybe if he didn't have to worry about that. Maybe if it was just like, oh, well, I'll just go to the GPs in my area, and that's how the system is set up, and I'll become state champ. And once I become state champ, they'll fly me around or something. I don't know. I mean, like, is that a possibility? I definitely think there is a lot of restructuring that can
3: And should probably happen. I mean, you're the more... Josh is the bigger sports guy here. I I don't really know. It's a cost-benefit
2: analysis thing. I think if you're Wizards right now, and I don't blame them, you're looking at it and going, why? What do we get if we do all that stuff that you're talking about? Yeah. You know, and do you No the, more Goif Gates, but that doesn't matter. Does that hurt the game? I don't think, yes. it, I think it, this has been bad. See, I don't think game. it does. I don't think it hurt the game at all. I, I think th- they really? did splendidly well this weekend and
1: they're not going to hurt at all from it. Well, oh, I think short term, but what about long term?
2: Well, well, what do you mean? I mean, Goif gate being the fact that the guy picked a foil Goif, all the casuals that 95, five nine, probably 99% of the people that play your game are not spiky tournament professional magic player hopefuls. And those people were all on the side of pick the goyf because they play the game for fun, right? And most people don't have any aspirations to be a Magic pro because honestly, with the amount of work that you have to put in and the amount of money that you get at the other end, ah. like you could do almost anything else and be <laughs> but better that's off the pro- financially. But that's the
4: that's the problem. Okay, but it's not a problem
2: so, because your game is still popular because
4: it's not meant to be a profession. You want people to dream of being pro. You want people to feel that they can do that pro circuit. Do you, you want? Pe- yeah, you no,
1: see, but they 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 don't push that let's, at all. Let's look not really? nearly as
4: much. Let's look at football.
2: How many people watch football in this country? It's millions and millions. It's by far oh, the most popular sport. No, they don't. Pro football. Most of them. They were no, kid. most of the people watching football are too old to be to have played to play. Never played in high school never played in college, aren't trying at any point in their life to become a a, a professional football player. Now, they would dream of the money and the fame of it, but they're not actually in any way rationally thinking they might someday be a football player. They watch it because they love watching that game. And you Mm. you can consume magic on that level and never want to be a professional and still have a professional scene. My point is just that what does Wizards get that they're not getting now if they put all that effort into it and all that much more money into it? I don't know that it's probably worth it on the other end for them. Now, it would be nice for us, obviously. It'd be nice for the pros, you know. But in in the end, as a business, if you're going to put a bunch of money in and you don't know what you're really going to get out of it, why would you do that? And wouldn't it be better for us if they just... Hired a bunch more people, release more product every year or something. Did something else? Oh with that no, side.
4: I think they should release less <laughs> product personally. But um,
2: or, or or okay, but you get my point. If they
4: took that and put it into the actual game, well. I don't know... Well, I don't know that it needs to go into the game in that the game is cardboard and they've got that down except for the foils uh, and now the packaging. But... uh <laughs> I, Like, put it into Magic Online, perhaps. There you go. But, there you uh, go. Uh, yeah. You know, like, hire, uh, I'm guessing, an intern from college in programming who could do a much better job than what they currently have. But, uh, you know, I, this is the thing. So, recently, and I believe this was... Largely the thesis of that uh, Vice article uh, was that the reason why – they kept asking the question, why has magic endured while other collectible uh, uh, systems, be it Beanie Babies or other card games, including baseball cards – Beanie Babies the Gathering? beanie babies the (laughs) gathering i was always wanting a dungeons and dragons themed set but if we do a beanie babies themed set watch out Um, (laughs) i'm so uh, game god i would love a dungeons and dragons themed magic set they could do it they own both properties yeah i know but they don't want to mix the ip um uh uh they largely the the thesis of that piece was that the reason it endured was creating the pro scene and creating formats like standard where you had to buy into the new cards in hopes of you know the 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 pro scene and and uh i think that they had a good point about that uh i think that if wizards of the coast were to say we're not doing the pro circuit at all it would hurt the company because i think that this is actually a big factor in their success oh, and I'm not- therefore therefore having a healthy thriving pro is good for the company and this is not it's not healthy to have people expected to live like this it it's not healthy having things where there's any kind of scandal where it's like, well, he's getting paid more by taking the foil card than he would have for winning. So why shouldn't he? And then when this happens again and again and again and it gets, you know, it starts combining when it turns into the whole thing as a sham and people start tuning out, then isn't that the same as we don't have a pro circuit at all? And if just abandoning the pro scene entirely now is a bad thing, then the pro scene deteriorating to that point is is similarly Negative, I feel. And I am not a pro fan. I don't even watch the damn stuff, but I do feel that having a healthy pro environment is good for the game overall and long-term stability. Short-term, sure, you're getting some headlines and stuff. Long-term, stable is good, in my most humble and English major opinion. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I don't know why being an English major makes makes you it's laugh. It's because we're worthless. Yeah. Listen, you got, you got really, the you got Here's really. Here's uh... the truth. If
4: everybody in the medical industry went on strike tomorrow, the nation would grind to a halt. If everybody in plumbing or mechanics or computer programming went on strike tomorrow, the nation would grind to a halt. If everyone who is an English major went on strike tomorrow, you wouldn't notice for 10 years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, wait, listen. We had a writer's strike here in L.A. Uh, a few years oh, yes, back, yeah. and, and the town did, did Feel it, so yeah. If you guys don't ever watched sell the show yourself like Friday short, Lights, oh my god. Yeah, I how do you feel? How you feel it? the
4: writers uh, came out on that? You think they won that? No, <laughs> no, because <laughs> no. no one cares.
2: Nobody. The studio always wins because the the man always wins. Unfortunately, right?
4: They wanted what, like a penny for syndication on DVDs or something like <laughs> that? And no, okay, not we, a chance.
2: Well, let's move on here uh, a little bit. We we wanted to talk about the Rolling Stones article. Mm. Um, and this is similar lines i feel like there was that vice documentary mm-hmm. really recently the stones article came out jimmy jimmy featured not i don't know featured mentioned yeah in the stones i had no article. idea
3: the guy was playing next to me you I live guess. a charm yeah. <laughs> when i saw my name in there i was like whoa what the heck you live a charm i was life. playing there's 7200 people there yes he that's happens right, to sit next to you <laughs> <laughs> I do have a uh, i i uh, i'm a luck sack, I guess whatever <laughs> whatever the right terminology is is for that. So I mean, it feels like the game, and then there was the South Park episode. Yes, um, also this so, is all
2: oh, this is right huge. Yeah, yeah I mean, huge. in the last twelve months, the amount of like
3: cultural awareness about magic, it feels like it's really skyrocketed. Yeah, it in, has in a really great way too, because it's not no, it's not in the '90s where it's like oh. You guys are associated with witchcraft and all this stuff. Now the game is associated with anything, you know, like Hearthstone and League of Legends and all these other big games, World of Warcraft, EverQuest. It's We've seen the progression happen, and now we're finally at the point where it's just normal. It's a normal, fun thing that a lot of people do, and it's big, which
4: is cool. Wasn't like that before. I I, I think that... that A lot of this ties into the rise of what we'll call nerd culture and how back in – for those of us that remember the 80s and 90s, uh, this was something that was looked down upon. And then when we all grew up and became successful in varying degrees, especially those of us, not myself, who did computer programming and started making (laughs) a lot of money – uh, yeah. And started making a lot of money and shaping, you know, the zeitgeist, as I'm sure folks in "quote unquote" the biz call it. Uh, 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 then all of a sudden, now on TV, the nerd is suddenly always a software millionaire, and and they might still be socially awkward, but everyone's still interested in them because they're rich. Uh, and <laughs> so what's happening? And then movies like The Avengers, which is you know is 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 number one at the box office and everything. It's like, oh, these nerds know what they're talking about. Hey, nerds, can you show? me some more comics like this well gladly friend you know and it's like so it's actually become a, a positive thing and then they look at magic the gathering which is a successful business they're making a lot of money people who play it and collect it and know what they're doing are having a lot of fun and many of them are making a lot of money collectors and so it's turning into a look Look at what the nerds are doing over there, not in a derogatory way, but in a, look, what, what have they got there? They've got something good. You know, they know, it's like they know what to pick out. And it's like, look at this, is how I feel. And so with Magic the Gathering, it's like, oh, yeah, I saw people play that in high school maybe. And I always wondered about it, but it was nerdy and I stayed away from it. And now it's like, oh, cool. Maybe that's fun. I'd like to go have some fun. Oh, Cool. The people who are making a lot of money are doing it. I'd like to make a lot of money. Oh, cool. You know, like, this is something that we're drawn towards. And so Magic the Gathering is in Rolling Stone. And how awesome that, like, you know, uh, Christine Sprankle is is like our, our mascot or our, our emblem or our face or everything with that She's great Las Vegas pick. She I'll is take that, our – and She's... it's just like she at one point – You know, the larger mainstream society might have laughed at the goofiness of cosplay, and because of her and people like her. And I don't mean to uh, 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 push out the other cosplayers there who are all great, but she's kind of like the big name in cosplay and magic right now. And there was lots of cosplayers and they all did a great job, really great job. But like now that's cool. Now cosplay is cool. And now like people looking at that photo aren't like, look at the people dressing up, dorks. It's like, wow, she's cool. These people are cool. They can just walk up and talk to this cool girl and and, and everything like that. It just, embodies all that we had been denied. It's just great. It's Rolling Stone, man. It's awesome, and it's just a great time to be a part of this. It's wonderful.
3: Yeah, it's definitely geek culture in general. Um, like BJ Shay's <gasps> Geek Nation, that's the name of a show, has the word in it. You know, like shows like Tabletop on Geek and Sundry. Again, right. again, geek keeps popping up. It's, it's something that – I mean the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um, just like one. pop culture has – Embrace this in a way with the the revival of the comic book movie and everything, in a way that it's all of a sudden finally just come around. Where, you know, in the early 90s, it was about grunge rock and being real and all this (laughs) from the streets and stuff, and and how, you know, sort of rough and tumble was was more admired than sit in your dad's living room and play a card game or whatever. But it's finally come around, and it, it is very interesting to see it finally happen. Um, well, in I a think, way that
2: let's not discount guys like you, Wedge, and you, uh, Prof, and people that get out there on YouTube and have sort of you know dispelled what traditional media says people look like and how they act and what they think right. is, what they think is cool and what they consume and you know geek culture has really sort of been empowered in the last decade or so to come out and be like, no, I like this thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. Really care if you think it's nerdy. It used to be where you would hide it you know and you would you wouldn't talk about it in places where other people might hear you and yeah. now a few people started doing it at some point i don't remember when and now everybody does it and you get 10,000 magic players in las vegas and they're like yeah we play magic and we think it's awesome yeah and we yeah. don't care if other people point at us and say that you're geeks or you're nerds and you know what happens when you do that people don't point at you and say you're geeks or nerds because you think it's cool and you're proud of it
3: yeah so, it's the confidence that comes with it.
2: Yeah, so I think that, you know, guys like you, a lot of people in this community that create content and just frankly for other games that have just come out and and been who they are are really what's powering this sort of revolution.
3: It's also sort of it came with the rise of the individual on the internet and the internet in yeah. general is I think the reason that this is all here is because finally like your weird one thing, maybe not weird of course. Let's say like let's say you like this one very specific thing, one character from this one cartoon from the 90s you were the only one in your entire town that knew about it. Not until the internet came around. Now you have a whole forum, a group of people, and you're allowed to take claim and like say, like, look, I do like this. There are other people that do it. It's affirming my thing in this. And the community- Yeah, I'm not weird. I'm not I think geeky. the internet made everyone that was considered a nerd or whatever growing up realize that, like, oh, wait, there are millions of other people that are in the exact same boat as me, and we have confidence now because we realize that we are not the minority by any means.
4: Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so well put. Uh, uh, that's that's it exactly. And it's a beautiful thing. What a beautiful time to be alive in that sense. Uh, uh, I just read a tweet uh, today from Erin uh, uh, Campbell, where she just said, like, because of the magic community, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but she said, because of the magic community, I have the type of, of love and acceptance that I only dreamed of in high school. And, and that's it exactly is because Because of the internet, we no longer have to only receive information in a one-way system. Television, newspapers, books, it's one way. The message comes to us and we can't talk back. Anyone with an internet connection can send a message, whether it's a post on a bulletin board system, uh, a YouTube video, what have you, a blog, uh, an email. We can send as well as receive and find that we're not alone. You know, this idea of the geek used to be the, the, the freak and now it's just love. Geek and nerd means I love something deeply and passionately, whether it's magic cards or baseball. You'd be a sports nerd now. Sports nerd. Yeah, and it just means this is something that I love, and that's why people are drawn to it. Because I think in a lot of people's day to day lives, you know, especially with some of the this miserable economy we have, and and this these some of these miserable jobs, you know, it, it just feels like God. I just wish I could feel passionately about something. And being a nerd or being a geek means I feel passionately about whatever it is I'm a nerd or geek about. And that's why we're in Rolling Stone, baby. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that is we have made it.
3: Vice and Rolling Stone. Yeah. All
2: right. um, We haven't heard from Wedge in a while. Sorry, Wedge. I want to ask you a direct question. Though, are you still there?
1: Oh yeah, no! You guys were just nailing it. There was nothing. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> it was just dead I'm like, silence. I'm like, is, at
4: is that he Because you... it's just like, Wedge, are you there? No, he got I... disconnected like, like twenty. Well, minutes just like, ago. guys, I just
3: blew up the Death Star over here. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm back. I
1: speak. I speak when I feel like I need to speak. And Wedge you guys were like, nailing just it. it. You guys were saying goif. we speak Wedge
4: is because like, we... I just drafted a foiled while You guys were. Born,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah we like, guys, I'm on. I'm on Midgo right now, and I just. I mean, I I foiled I've essentially
2: gone infinite
3: well that's <laughs> what i wanted to ask yes
2: that's why i wanted to ask you wedge uh have you had a chance to play much of the the, the new modern uh masters 2015 draft format
1: yes uh a outrageously ridiculous amount oh awesome. Uh, whenever, awesome whenever a new set comes out i have um an arrangement with a store where i'll just draft over and over again and just give them all the cards Dude. so i've oh, drafted amazing. i drafted in person like 30 something times now 30 something at, oh, least. at least Online, at least 15 or 20. It's, okay, this is great because my question... It's for the channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. It's yeah, for the sure channel. It yeah, it's for uh-huh. the market research. Okay.
2: <laughs> Can you share the knowledge? Okay, what do you think me. are... Well, let's start with this. Draft archetype. If you could pick one, if at the start of the draft you could say, I'm going to be in this archetype, and you knew it was going to happen, what would, what would you choose? White blue artifacts. Affinity, Infinity. huh? Yep, you know, I've been, I've been seeing Not even close. You didn't it, even hesitate. It is incredibly what's the resilient. most important card in that deck
1: Wedge? uh I, I mean the the most
2: bonkers card is cranial plating oh my gosh yeah
1: uh it's just an absolute house is that the card um, that if you
2: see it pack one pick one you grab it and be like i'm affinity you baby. force that yeah
1: it, un- unless there's some crazy rare in that pack cranial plating is absolutely a card that can push you
3: yeah yeah
1: uh into i mean i mean it's not the only one there are cards like lodestone Myrrh is the same way there are a lot of people that'll mm-hmm. get lodestone Murr and they're just like we're, we're all in boys well here we go <laughs> Glint it's Hawk Idol is one of those cards, too, even. Oh, Glint Hawk is, um, like, like that's the thing. The individual card quality in the artifact deck, I think, is just better on average than any
2: other archetype. Right, and I Glint think Hawk, if it comes... Glint Gr- uh, Hawk really surprised me, because when I first saw that card, I was like, eh, not that good. But then when you play against it, you're like, I can't do anything. Foul you, with- man. you. I, like, value. I, can't, it's I can't, can't do anything you, about it. Single, yeah, but yeah. all my removal doesn't hit it, because it's not a creature on my turn. Nope. Yep. Yeah, that thing's that thing's brutal. Uh, wh- okay, what are maybe two other archetypes you think are also very strong
1: i think i think the graft deck is underrated oh hmm. uh, i think blue green graft cuz if it, it it's one of those decks that really punishes lack of removal uh-huh. yeah. uh huh yeah in in in, in, uh, in a big way modern masters 2015 is about going wide right like, like when you're attacking at least most of the time mm-hmm. unless someone gets like savage twister and just hoses you <laughs> but most of the time it's about going wide and if left unchecked, I can't think of a deck that can get more ridiculous than a Graft counter deck. That deck right. is dumb. Maybe Domain if you have, like, the perfect draws, but Graft is so underrated. Uh, and what I found watching a lot of the GPs is there were a few people that kind of went into it, but then turned to, like, just a blue-green tempo thing. Uh, but I think it's I think it's overlooked think a it's lot. Legit. Mm-hmm. I do. I really like it as a draft. Like it and it's one of those decks that's pretty easy to tell if it's open.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. When you're drafting. You have a, a card like the Graft Mage. It's like four mana. Um, and you can untap like creatures yeah. that everyone encounters on them. That if that's still there in like the middle of a pack, or like I guess the middle to like the latter end of the pack, graft is open. Like yeah. it's it's gotta be. Like, go nuts. Uh it's definitely one of those, I think it's super underrated. Um, other than that. <sighs> I gotta say, besides artifacts, um, you can kind of go crazy with bloodthirst. I guess uh, really? I've seen a few bloodthirst strategies that, if drafted well, uh, have that crazy. I, I forgot the name of it. It's that triple red seven two with persist uh, thunderblust thunderblust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, like, that like thing cards. is brutal. It is ridiculous. Um, that deck is also, I
3: think, underrated. Yeah, just you've got how fast Firebird, and stuff too. Comes out as a six-six. Yeah, fire like like turn
1: one Vampire Lacerator into turn two Stormblood Berserker is like who fights that? Yeah, how do you like get... how do you like how do you fight that? Um but,
5: <laughs> Yeah,
1: but that's that's also a deck I really like. Uh, but overall, I would say I don't know. I, I truly like blue, man. Like even besides my bias to blue,
3: blue has some crazy spells in this format. Yeah, I think Vapor Snag like, is an all-star that people don't realize. Just repeal it's just, is really all, good. Repeal and Vaporsnag repeal are always Oh
5: good.
1: my! Don't even get like yeah, I
3: repeal all day, every day. Yeah, Rock I hard, go
1: blue well. in the face talking about unsummoned spells and how their pseudo <laughs> time walks, <laughs> especially in this kind of format. Yeah. People are tapping out all the time to do things. Yeah, it's and, very tempo based. Uh, it's yeah, exactly. And having an unsummon effect is sometimes just as good as taking an extra turn. Which right. is also what I found. So yeah, no good going wide is the thing. Artifacts I think is by far the best strategy.
2: Well, Wedge, we will we have boxes and we will save one. Oh yes. Yeah. My, my 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 last question for you, Wedge, is when are we gonna hang out? Yeah, man.
4: Oh my uh when oh meet up in San Francisco. Meet up in San Francisco. Meet up in San Francisco. I have been promised <laughs> the best oysters that I've ever tasted. If I
2: go to San oysters Francisco, oysters
4: and prosciutto, hog and rocks in San Francisco. Any listeners that live in the Bay Area that like oysters and or prosciutto, <laughs> hog and rocks. Mm mm It is not cheap, but it is delicious. I have been promised
2: that place if I go up there, Wedge. And I'm assuming if you're there too, then we all get it. Oh, so I, I, I actually pay for everybody um, now. All right, deal. Oh deal. wait, oh <laughs> wait, wait. Then then it's on pay, me, prof. It's on
4: me. You three, you three, then you come on me, out wait, here. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa! You owe me two dinners, then. Because, oh, wait. Here's oh, why. This no, guy. No, 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 Listen, listen. This listen. Guy. I, I want to hear the story. Wait a, minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, tell the story. When when we first started, like like really talking and and becoming friends, and I was like, yeah, man, you know, eventually I'm gonna get out there and it's gonna be awesome. And then you said, when you come out here, I will buy you a steak dinner. That's word for word. That's what you said. And I remember that when people
4: offered to buy me steak dinners. <laughs> now, 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 As for you the should. record, is, I also I have heard that. You dinner, and I said, what do you like? And you said steak. And I happen to know a really good steak place where they do age the steak in-house and everything. And so I said, no problem. I'll buy you a steak dinner. But that was based upon your own criteria. You, you selected you from those the words, buy a steak dinner. You, everything else went you, out you the selected window. from the drop-down box steak. Uh, wedge, drop down come box. on out, Wedge, Wedge, yeah. the, my drop-down box. Were you doing you it still, on the computer? It sounded like a San conversation. Yeah. I will take care of you, man. I will buy every me- Come on out to SF, Whoa, I'll take care of you.
3: he almost said every meal. And Did you just so <laughs> short. Sure.
4: Uh, steak for breakfast. Out, you, well, you I- steak here, for breakfast. You fly out here, I'll take care of you at the rest, man. And and you- San Francisco, you will play Magic 24-7. Name the format, name what you want to do. There's always, I could walk wait out the store right now. Wait a minute,
2: wait a minute is it san francisco or is it valhalla because i think
0: you're getting <laughs> yeah, it confused. Like crazy
4: the glory land it's it's the this best i feel so like... sorry i feel so sorry when i hear people say yeah we've got like one card store and they just do friday night you realize, magic and... you realize we wedge and us live in the biggest cities in the country right <laughs> yeah like, how do you not always have magic <laughs> going player, on like we've like, got in the Bay Area? And out of our 17. 17- yeah, we do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, we'll find the time yeah. to get us all out there. Until then, it's been a pleasure having the both of you on. Wedge, I very much look forward to the time we can draft this set together or the next set. Who knows? Maybe we'll see each I'm other. I'm saving
2: at- a box of Modern Masters 2015 just for whenever we hang out with you,
4: Wedge. So, Oh, my God. This what about my you. box of Innistrad? I thought you were saving a box of Innistrad oh. for me.
2: Uh, hey, you know what? If all four of us get together, box of Innistrad and box
4: of Modern yes. Masters Oh, my God. Oh. And then a oh big box gosh. of steak.
2: If that is not and incentive, I don't box box know what is.
4: Steak. Yeah, Dinner's on me. If Innistrad's ago. on you, I'm paying less in that situation. <laughs> I'm in
1: the airport right now. <laughs> Excellent.
3: Well, if you guys want to find both Wedge and the Professor online, you can. It's super easy. We'll have all the links below, of course. The Manasaurus on YouTube and on Twitter for Wedge. Professor, you are at Telerian Community on YouTube and uh, uh,
4: Telerian College. I, I I at always, Twitter, yeah, no, that's Telerian College on I'm Twitter. Telerian Community on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they 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 have these rules about how long your name can be. Um, Telerian Community on YouTube. Telerian College on Twitter.
3: Hey, but you don't know what? Test. G- it is a test, and I I aced it. <laughs> uh, I'm the only one that's. Wow, proud you got evil that. there. Yeah, yeah, I did get a little evil. <laughs> Uh, anyway, guys, thanks so much for coming on. I so look forward to the time when we can all hang out together. Hopefully, at some kind of convention coming up. Wedge, expect to see everybody.
1: I, I know. We'll talk. We'll
3: start a new charity just for you to get your butt out here. Great. <laughs> you were tried to do
1: that once. I told <laughs> <them to> stop.
3: <laughs> Very respectable. All
2: right, fellas, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it.
3: Thanks. Thanks for having. Thanks for us. having us. And thanks Love everybody for listening. You guys are the best. <laughs> see you next time. Peace. Thank you
1: for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at jfwang and at
5: Josh Lee See you later, alligator.
3: Greetings, humans. (laughs)